This is your Commander-in-Chief. Uh, I'm issuing a warning. The following podcast contains adult content and intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. Uh, Marina Shafir will be joining us a little later. We got the baddest man on the planet, Joe Warren. That's his nickname. Uh, I'm not sure if he is the actual baddest man. He's up there, though. Uh, he, he'll be on the podcast. Uh, a lot to talk about. Um, it's been, uh, I don't know. I was actually, I was looking today. It said that John Jones left rehab after one day. Uh, I guess he, he did 12 steps in one day. He's the greatest of all time at rehab. Um, I, I look, I, I'm not sure, you know, when somebody gets caught with something versus like when they actually think they have a problem, it's two different things, you know. Somebody, John Jones got busted because he failed a drug test. I don't think he was wanted to fail a drug test. I doubt he was like, let's do some drugs so I can fail a test. And then you kind of have to, at that point, say, okay, well, he's going to get the help he needs. Uh, you know, some people can maintain doing drugs and still have a career, and other people can't. Personally, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, I would definitely not tell any of the kids that I coach, hey guys, you know, do cocaine. It's not something. And, and personally, I think if it's done during competition, it is performance enhancing. I've seen some, I've seen some coked up fights in my day at bars where these meatheads, these, where I'm from, Long Island, uh, that are on coke and they're throwing down, they wouldn't be throwing as fast and as crazy as they were. You know, doing cocaine a month before your fight, I don't think he was doing it for training. Who knows? Uh, but last year, we, last week when we got the information, we didn't have all the information. All we knew was John Jones tested positive. It then came out that he tested positive a month before. Now, you know, should the UFC have canceled the main event? Uh, you know, as look, it's a business. It's a business move. They were down, I think, forty six percent were the numbers. If yeah. they would have pulled the John Jones out of the main card at one eighty two for the New Year's, uh, that would have they would have gotten. It would have shellacked, you know. Uh, is it fair? No. Is business fair? No. I no, mean, because you can't have Cerrone uh, jury headline the fight. You can't. I mean, yeah. and then they had already the the whole Kane fight fell through. You know, I, I understand the decision to kind of keep it under wraps and then say, you know what, it'll come out afterwards. Let me I, ask you this: Would you have thought um, if John, instead of checking into to, to rehab, which was a PR move, he sh he could have just come out and said, you know what, I'm a 25, 26 year old guy. I'm partying. I had some fun. Not probably not the the most respectful fun or whatever it is, right? The, you know, I'm not a role model. The whole thing, right? And just say, you know what? I made a mistake. I got caught for it, and I'm not going to let that happen again. Instead of like doing this whole charade, charade, charade of going into rehab and trying to like personally as a as as, as a man, I would have respected that decision more. Yeah. But at the same time. Then you're opening up a whole can of worms for athletes not taking responsibility for. You but that know. is taking responsibility, right? You're like, right. No, personally, personally, it. yeah, I think that would have been great uh, for the UFC, for Reebok, for the sponsors. I mean, look, if I'm, you know, from uh, on a business, if I'm a if I'm a Reebok and I'm sponsoring a fighter, and I just had a huge thing with the UFC, and the the best guy in the world is saying, "Hey, you know what? I like to do cocaine. Shit happens." You know, I, no, I can no, no, see no. I'm that. No, no, no. Not saying being... I like to do cocaine, but like I made I made a mistake. I partied a little too hard, kind of like Michael Phelps getting caught with smoking weed. You know, it's like, hey, I, I partied a little bit. I made a mistake, and I'm I'm moving on. I would have respected that a whole lot more than him going to rehab and then saying, "You know what? I'm leaving because I need to go see my brother play in the AFC Championship." Yeah. 
Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, of course I would. I would have respected that more but on a personal level. I understand yeah. that sometimes when these things happen, the best thing to do for your brand is just shut your mouth and, and, and then not say anything. And then hopefully these things go away. But no, I, I, it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. A rehab for a day. I mean, <laughs> it it, wasn't, maybe it wasn't passages where it's like you're in Malibu and it's all nice. And oh, it was, it was that hard of a rehab. Where I they don't just, know. Maybe they it just was like show you down. like, this is what cocaine will do to you. And then they tell all these like, come, come on. It's I like mean, Rikers Island or something. Maybe you didn't enjoy scared it. Scared straight. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, he didn't get to see his brothers playing the football, football game maybe. And he was like... Fuck this! I'm People out. on my Twitter were, were, were killing me. They were like, uh, that he he like he like poked the the uh, the nurse's eyes out like during the thing. <laughs> Somebody said Rogan said it was not an elite rehab. <laughs> uh, it was it was pretty damn funny. Yeah. I just said it was it was like the first thing he finished early in, in over a year. But uh, look. I mean, there has been, there have been people saying these things about John Jones in the MMA circle for a while. Uh, I guess this validates it because a lot of times people say things about a lot of people. But when you start hearing things from a lot of different people that have nothing to really gain from it, from different circles, and they're whispering, you're like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe this guy likes to do certain things. Personally, you know, this is not the first time this has happened with an athlete. And it's not going to be the last. It shows you how talented John Jones is. He's able to party and this. But it also shows you that, look, I mean, Gustafson was very close to beating him. Uh, Daniel Cormier, I believe, beat himself, you know, before he even got into that octagon and still won two rounds. The, you know, nobody is unbeatable. And when you start doing these things, you're uh, personally, I think you're. You're opening the gap to, but other people will argue that. Look, man, the guy fights in a cage for a living. He's obviously, yeah. the, you know, certain. There are certain people. I was thinking about that, like Manny Pacquiao. When Pacquiao was at his peak, when he was blowing out Eric Morales and blowing out Barrera, and not Morales the second time, not Morales the first time, which he lost. He, you know, I used to go to wild card and you'd hear these crazy stories about Pacquiao going on eight, seven day benders and all kinds of drugs and partying he was doing. And but that's having, in his mid 20s, right? That stuff catches up to you. Yeah, eventually it did. Yeah. But having numerous affairs and new, I mean, you know, and then when he came back and he found Jesus, he got knocked, <laughs> knocked the fuck out by Marquez. He ran into a brick wall. Yeah. So, I mean, look, there are certain people that yeah. I know certain comedians uh, were a lot funnier when they were using dr drugs. And I hate to say that because it's not what you w want to teach. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, look, personally, on a personal level, if I was, if I was an athlete, I, I would stay away from all that shit. I would stay away from that and I'd be in the gym and I'd be working. And that's what look seems like that's what Vladimir Klitschko is doing. It seems like that's what certain athletes are doing. Um, but uh, it seemed like that's what GSP was doing in his prime. You know, it was just training and living clean. Yeah. Well, GSP was also running away from aliens. He ran away from Yeah, right. And then, yeah. And then now <laughs> he's right. So uh, who knows, man? Yeah. I mean, obviously, but, you know, Jones is a very gifted athlete, right. a blessed athlete. And I'm not saying that to take away from his work ethic. You know, there are still a lot of people that say, oh, well, Jones has two brothers in the NFL. You know, obviously it's genetics. It's not genetics. 
There, if John Jones didn't work as hard as he did, he wouldn't be the champion. A little bit of both, right? A little bit of both. It helps. Yeah. I mean, look, Mayweather's father was a was a great boxer, and his uncle was a great boxer. Right. It helps. Yeah. The, you know, the, the 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 mold that is the, the clay that is the mold is a little bit more pure than Ronda the Rousey's mother was a world champ judoka. It, right. it, it, I'm not saying it doesn't help. It helps. It gives you but, a start. But but it's not. But a lot of times people try to diminish people's work ethic and, and what they've oh, earned yeah, yeah, yeah. by saying, oh, well, his brother or his mother or his uh, father. That's not it. Yeah. Just look, there's, there's, what, there's a third Manning brother, <laughs> right? <laughs> who's, the, right? Who's the guy or there's a the one guy sells real estate or something, you know? Yeah. It's just... Uh, he not was in to, a commercial. Yeah, not to knock to that, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, that's that. Um, Anthony Pettis said that CM Punk will do great in MMA after a week of training with him. Really? I, I don't know. It's, uh, I guess you kind of have to say that when he's your teammate. Now. Do you have to say that though? You got to stay positive, right? I, I guess, but he's going to. You gonna don't do... want to put the guy in a position where he goes, "Oh, he's questioning me already. It's only been a day." Yeah, you don't want to blast him, but I mean, it seems like I, maybe maybe Punk is trolling everybody. Maybe he's maybe he will be as good as as people are now saying. Uh, Brendan Schaub uh, recently said he wants to send Brock Lesnar back to pro wrestling. Uh, when he's done playing grab ass, look <laughs> to, to come. <laughs> I mean, he's calling out Brock Lesnar. Other people are saying that Chow is doing this because he wants a big payday. And he knows he doesn't have many fights left. I don't know. A lot of people on the underground are doubting whether or not Chow could beat Brock Lesnar. Um, obviously, Brock has the advantage in wrestling, uh, in in size. He's bigger. He's a, he's a better athlete, but. Is he better on the standing than Schaub? I don't. I don't know. Is his boxing better? I would say Schaub's probably got better striking. Right. I, I would assume. I mean, Brock's striking was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, he was not. I mean, he the 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 one fight he looked okay was against Randy. On like the feet, he looked terrible against Cain Velasquez. I mean, obviously, so did everyone else. He didn't look good against Overeem. That this is. Don't forget, this is not the Brock Lesnar pre diverticulitis we're talking about. This is Brock Lesnar after he has been doing pro wrestling and after, you know, getting killed by Overeem and Kane. Do I think Schaub can beat him? I don't think so. Just, but, you know, who knows? I think it might be a lot closer than people people think. I mean, Brock's been, who who knows? They're heavyweights. Maybe it's a no-lose for Schaub. If he loses, he loses to Brock Lesnar, who was the UFC champion and who people are putting up on a huge pedestal. And if he wins, he's right up there, and now he's the biggest name, one of the biggest names in MMA. He's really got nothing to lose by that, other than getting beat up by... But, I mean, look, guys who I think could beat Brock Lesnar, Travis Brown, Mark Hunt, uh, Dos Santos, uh, Overeem... Uh, Kane, obviously. You throw Mitrion in Verdum, Mitrion. Yeah, I'm putting him in there. And shall beat Mitrion. Subbed him. So it's not that crazy of a statement. Yeah. People are gonna cut. Are gonna say that I'm fucking. They're gonna talk <laughs> shit on me for saying this. But I mean, look. Do you think? I mean, we're talking about a guy who hasn't fought in over what two years has been. Yeah, it's been a while. And, and the last fight, he's, he's looked. He looked terrible. Uh, so we're what four years outside of a real good fight from Brock. What are we talking? Yeah, what are we talking about? It's, it's uh, I it's mean, just the legend of Brock. That's the legend of Brock. The legend of Brock is, and that's where I think Brock should stay, because I don't want to see Brock start losing uh, to guys that are that are not ranked in the top ten. 
And I think Shab is what number nine. Or yeah. I mean, I he, think this is all just Brock and his people with contract negotiations with the WWE. He's right there. Yeah. Now the uh, UFC on Fox Sports coming up this week. A lot of good fights. I'm excited about it. Conor McGregor versus Dennis Seaver. Ah oh, man. Um, I'm obviously, I, I think Conor McGregor is going to win this fight based yeah. on how good he's looked. But this might be his toughest fight. I mean, With Dennis. Seaver? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, Jerome Max Holloway was probably his toughest fight. And look how good Jerome looks now, being on how good his Conor has looked. But uh, Dennis Seaver seems to, I'd say, fold at that next level uh, of competition. Yeah. He gets to that next level, and he can't seem to overcome certain obstacles. He beats the guys he, he should beat. Right. But, or you think he's going to beat. However, you know, Conor McGregor saying he's going to knock him out in one minute or in the, in the, first, the, round, in the yeah. first round. Seaver's got nothing to lose. And he's angry. And he's, you got a small, angry German, Russian. <laughs> it's not a guy that you, I would like to fight. Uh, Conor McGregor knows that if he wins this fight, I think they're going to a 90,000 seat theater where he fights Aldo. Yeah. He may be looking at that fight, you know. He, he may be trying to either play it safe or get a quick knockout. Uh, uh, can Seaver pull off the upset? I want. I, I'm hoping he does because I like. I like it when guys play the spoiler. I like the underdog. I don't think it's gonna happen. You? No, absolutely not. I think <laughs> McGregor has a date with um, Jose Aldo. Yeah. And that's that's that, and we'll see. And then we can debate the McGregor Aldo. Oh yeah, uh, but at the same time, yeah. Dennis Seaver looks like an it looks like Brock Lesnar in the fourth grade. I mean, he's <laughs> like an extra from Die Hard. But uh, who knows? So Dan and Dan Henderson versus. Uh, by the way, they they, they Benson. Benson. Uh, Ben Henderson, Dan, Ben Henderson versus. Uh, it's not Eddie Alvarez. It's, it's now Donald Cerrone. They still have Eddie Alvarez on the the UFC <laughs> thing. Come on, guys. Uh, I think Donald Cerrone takes this. I think um, yeah. I know he's lost to Ben Henderson in the past, and but at the same time, oh, there it is. Look, we refreshed, and there it is now. Oh, okay. At the same time, I think that um, Ben Henderson has—I wouldn't say got used to losing, but it, it seems like when he loses, he doesn't take it very hard. And I'm not there in his camp, but he's a very religious guy, and. Uh, I don't know his last fight against Dos Anjos when he got he got stopped in the first round, and then his fighting. There's something about Ben Henderson that's extremely nice, and uh, but something a little off. I, I don't know what I can't put my finger on it. I don't think he gets too high. He doesn't get too low. He's just kind of very right cool, very yeah. smooth, very smooth. That's a perfect nickname. However, Donald Cerrone, I mean, he's taking the fight on two weeks' notice, and is that enough time? Is, is he is he kind of pushing it a little bit? We'll see. I mean, he's he's fight ready. He's fight ready. He looked great in his last fight against Miles Jury, and I didn't think I didn't think it was going to be as one sided as it was. So yeah, I'm picking Cowboy on this one. Yeah, yeah. Uriah Hall against Ron Stallings. Making I'm going with Uriah Hall. Yeah, yeah. He's, I remember him from Strike Force. Tough guy. Uriah Hall has had more guys drop out on him than Taylor Swift. Uh, I like Uriah Hall a lot. Yeah. He, he's a great dude. He's a very emotional guy. Uh, I think he wins this fight. I think he's on a different level. He's finally coming into his own. I remember on The Ultimate Fighter, there was a huge hype behind him. They were calling him like the next Anderson Silva and this and that. And Kelvin Gastelum kind of uh, derailed that hype train. 
But since then, he seems to have found that that anger, and that's what he needs. Yeah, found so, his groove. Norman Park versus Tebow. Uh, Jason Tebow is probably the the biggest, <laughs> uh, smallest guy I've ever seen in my. I mean, he must yeah. he must gain about thirty pounds. What are these Brazilians doing? Where they they're walking in at, at like one, at like nine weight classes above what what they weighed in at. You know what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> they know what they're doing, right? Yeah. So Norman Park, Stormy Norman Park, we've had him on the show. I love the guy, tough guy. I think he won the Ultimate Fighter. Um, he, yeah, he did. He won the Ultimate Fighter uh, International. Was it the smashes? The smashes. Yeah. Uh, who do you like in this fight? <sighs> Man. Tebow's another guy that went that loses yeah. fights. Loses to Jamie Varner. Uh, he, he lost a uh, lost a fight recently to uh, who did he lose to? Somebody that um, he won a split decision his last fight, and then he lost to. Uh, I like Tebow. I mean, but he but he, but, he, but he, he's been he's been streaky. Right. It's what 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 Gleason Tebow do you get? Yeah. What right? Which one shows up? Right. He, well, he yeah he, he beat Pat Haley. He beat Piotr Hellman. He lost to Michael Johnson. You got you got TKO by Michael Johnson, um, and uh, does Norman Park have the speed as Michael Johnson? That's the thing. It's like in order to beat this guy, you either need speed or you need to bum rush him early, right. which is what Jamie Varner did. Um, and uh, I don't think he has either of that. Which is I don't think I think he's a solid fighter, but in order to beat a guy like this, you got to be a slick boxer. Yeah. And I think he takes too many shots, Norman Park. I will be rooting for him, though, yeah. in this fight. And I hope he wins. Please prove me wrong, Norman Park. Yeah. Uh, who else? There's a couple other good fighters on this. Uh, uh, the John Howard, Lorenz Larkin fight. Is going. Howard lost two in a row. Larkin lost three in a row. But he went down a weight class for this fight. Loser probably going to get cut. So this, is, this should be... Mm. Might be either they're going to fight extremely safe or it's going to be a war. Yeah. But John Howard... Uh, once again, John Howard is the guy that broke the nose of the Boston bomber in sparring. The and, real uh, hero. Yeah, so he's a, he, <laughs> he's a hero. Uh, a couple Cal other guys. Pendred. Cathal Pendred, who's the funniest guy on Twitter. If you're not following Cathal Pendred, you're missing out. Yeah. I mean, he he's hilarious. Rescue Dolphins. He's he's. Yeah, he's fighting Spencer. Hero. I like Pendred in this fight. I think he's another guy. I think Pendred. I think a lot of times these guys like Hector Lombard. Cathal Pendred and, I, and I'm, you know, other guys when they come to the UFC with this like Uriah Hall, mm-hmm. so much hype, it's hard to live up to it. They get knocked down a peg and then they build themselves back up. Yeah. And I think that's what um, this guy's gonna do. Although Sean Spencer's no joke. I mean, just looking at him. Uh, Johnny Case from Long Island. Got to root for that guy. Yeah. He's a uh, he, he's a tough guy. I think he's yeah. He's Johnny Case, nicknamed Hollywood. He's from Long Island. He's fighting Frankie Perez, who I don't know who that guy is. Uh, no, 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 not Johnny Case. Uh, not Johnny Case. I'm thinking of the guy Wade is from Long Island. The guy that fight, the guy's fighting Lip Hang. Where is Johnny Case from? Johnny Case looks uh, like a guy named Johnny Case. <laughs> Johnny definitely Case. doesn't look like a guy nicknamed Hollywood. Uh, he's from Iowa. His nickname is Iowa. Uh, uh, Johnny Case. <laughs> Yeah, so Johnny Case is fighting. Um, uh, I heard something about him recently, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but uh, finally, uh, oh yeah, the kid for Wade. I'm looking for Chris, uh, Chris Wade. He's from Long Island. 
I always root for the Long Island guys because I'm from Long Island, so I gotta root for him. Uh, he's fighting uh, Lepeng, uh, who's I think seven and six. Wade should be able to take this fight down. He's eight and one and get this. Uh, he's fighting Zhang Lepeng and, and get the uh, submission easily. And Van Buren, who's the most awkward fighter I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Gutter. What? Gutter. That's his. Gutter. Name, he's just yeah. an awkward dude. He's fighting Sean the Real OC O'Connell. <laughs> Might be the worst nickname I've ever heard in my entire life. The real OC? What does What's that even the, mean? What is the real OC? Is he like, from Orange County, maybe? No, he's from Canada, I think. He's Yeah, he's... The I original he's, Canadian? He, he's, no, he's from uh, Utah. Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, right, right, don't right. you know. But he's the real OC. All right, so that's my, that's my breakdown. Hopefully it was helpful. Listen, uh... <laughs> put some money on it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody I said, put money on. Basically, if they've been on our podcast or <laughs> if I know them or they're from Long Island, it's based on how I'm fucking ch- picking fights. Yeah, it's you'll, awful. You'll, you'll be, be a millionaire after. Yeah, oh, God. What, about, what if I'm, like, right? I hope I'm all right, I'm right, all right. So anyway, so th- all right. Well, that, those are my picks. Uh, we have Joe Warren, the Bellator champion. Champion of Bellator. Amazing wrestler. Guy's got a, a, a crazy life. We're going to have him on the podcast right now. Thank you for listening to the MMA Roasted Podcast. Hey, is this Joe Warren? Yes, it is. How you doing? Good, What's up, how, Joe? It's uh, Adam Hunter and Marina Shafir. You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. How you guys doing? Good. We're, we're doing good, man. Big fan of yours, by the way. You are, It's the, the, baddest, <laughs> the baddest man on the planet. Um, yeah, you gotta love that, right? Oh, absolutely! Uh, you're you're the first featherweight and bantamweight champion in Bellator. Uh, you, you're one of the the most decorated wrestlers uh, in MMA. Uh, goddamn! And and one of the funny part is that Chris Camozzi told me he's like, you got to get Joe Warren on the podcast. I I, I, I I said why? He goes, the guy is insane. He fucking he drives ninety miles an hour on the sidewalk while watching TV. Uh, Impressive, by the way, and 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 the guy lives a, a, a crazy lifestyle, and I, he's like, he's, he's going to be as entertaining as hell. So uh, I was like, I, yeah, well, Chris is a good friend of mine. <laughs> he's to get the job done, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, um, I'm honored to be on the show with you guys. You um, know, I, I haven't, I didn't even know, uh, I didn't, I knew, I didn't know about your program that much, but then I did a little research. A bunch of guys have been on it, and everyone was telling me you got to go on a on a on the program, so I was like, "No problem." When you called, I said, "No problem." I'd love to. Uh, no, I, honored to have you on, man. I was looking, I was looking at some of your stuff last night. You're the 2006 Pan Am uh, World Champion. You were a favorite for the 2008 Olympics in wrestling. Uh, you, you know, you were all American to third in NCAA's for University of Michigan. I mean, you just, uh, you, you just killed it. I mean, you, as far as wrestling goes, I mean, you, you've been killing it all things. Now, um, your first fight. Uh, someone told me your first fight, Dan Henderson said, hey, do you want to go fight over in Dream in Japan? But you had you had like only a month of MMA experience. Is that true? And then you fought Kim Yamamoto? Yeah, you know, Dan, Dan and Heath and Randy Couture and uh, Matt Lindland were all the captains on my team when I moved to the training center. So we, uh, when they were all getting, they were all retiring when I moved there. So it was kind of, I was watching like my captains go out and make a bunch of money and that was when Randy was winning everything and Dan was winning everything and he, they were in Japan and they were in the UFC and Pride. and So I was going and watching a lot of that. It was a lot of fun. And so, um, you know, I never thought about fighting. You know, I always said I had a nice shirt and a hot girl on my <laughs> I never fought, you know. Um, and not when I was growing up at all, you know. So now, um, 
so I never really wanted to fight. I went over, saw some fights with them, and then I got a call, and, and it was from Keith Sims and, and Dan Henderson, the Team Quest guys. And they said, hey, we got a fight for you in a few weeks, or like a month, or I, I, think, I don't even think it was a month. I think it was like two weeks. And I said, no, I'm not fighting. And they said, it's like 30 grand to show up. I said, all right, I'll go fight somebody. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> you know, I said, the Japanese guy, no, no problem. You know, it shouldn't be any problem. So, uh, wow. I flew over there. I flew over there. I was world champ at that time. You know, uh, in Greco-Roman wrestling, the toughest sport there is. So I didn't think. 2006, right? Yeah. I didn't think because it was fighting that it was going to be any different. But it was a definite difference. But so, I mean, uh, had, at that point, had you ever thrown a punch before? Done any kind of submissions? No, you know, I didn't. I didn't really fight. You know, I was a wrestler. I wasn't a fighter. So, um, you know, I would go and mess around with the guys, but I never really had any training. So, no, I mean, no striking training, no jujitsu training. You know, so I had two weeks at Team Quest, so we flew over, and then um, I fought Chase Beebe first. You know, right after he lost his belt in the WEC. So you, 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 so you beat you beat him in like one round. You beat Chase Beebe in one round, and then Uriah Faber. Then you got to fight Kid Yamamoto, who at the time was uh, considered the best fighter in the world at that weight class, or one of them at least. Um, and yeah, they said pound for pound, and he wanted that Faber wanted to fight him, and so did Joseph Benavides. So they're all pissed when I got an opportunity to fight him first, and because they knew I was going to take him out, so I flew there and I they taught me how to get ready for him. And we went over and beat What were they hoping it. you were going to do? Just loosen the jar for them? That doesn't uh, make sorry, any sense. No, like, what What were they hoping for you to do? Just loosen the jar for the division? That's well, stupid. Yeah, that's what they signed me for. Uh, the, the dream people that used to own Pride, those people, they used to come to, like, the Greco World Championships and sign foreign athletes to fight on their cards because yeah. they're tough. So, so they saw me win a world championship in China, and they knew who I was, and uh, they wanted to have an American lose in this featherweight world championships. You mm-hmm. know, they didn't want, they wanted to bring like Chase Beebe and, and another now world champ over American and lose in those big arenas to, you know, kid and those other guys. So that's what they brought me in for. Um, but that's not what happened, you know? So, but th- that was a lot of fun. I liked fighting over there. 50,000, 80,000 people. I mean, you know, that's, I mean, that's incredible. So your second fight ever, you're fighting in front of 50,000 people against Kid Yamamoto, mm-hmm. and you win. I mean, are, I mean, you you got to be saying to yourself, like, how the fuck did I get here, uh, right? I mean, are you, is that like a... No, I kind of expected that. You know, I didn't understand fighting yet. You know, I didn't think <laughs> these guys should be able to stand in, in front of me. You know, I didn't understand how to fight, but I just knew how to win. You know, and that's, that's half the problem with these MMA fighters now is they all know how to fight, but none of them know how to fucking win. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It takes a whole different type of thing. You know, there's technique, and then there's someone that can go out there in live competition and actually, you know, perform. And, and that's what you see. You see a lot of athletes break from the locker room to the cage. Right. You know, so I, I had that kind of discipline. I knew how to win at, at um, big, big stages. My whole life, life, I've done that. So it was um, it was comfortable for me to be thrown in like that, I guess. Looking back at it, I wouldn't do it that way. The only reason we did it that way was because I didn't want to fight someone who was no money, and I didn't want to. I knew a lot of friends of mine that were fighting and weren't making any money. It wasn't worth it to me. You know, I had a college degree. I was a world champ. I was going to do something else. I like the only reason I got into MMA was because I wanted to call it commentate, and and they told me I didn't have any credibility in fighting, so they wouldn't let me color commentate fighting. So they said go get some fights, and that's when I called Dan. I was like. 
you guys better give me a fight here. They're not going to hire me unless I have some credibility. That's yeah. I can't believe you, kept you're the only guy to become a fighter because you wanted to be a commentator. <laughs> <laughs> I still, that's why I'm still fighting, you know, shit. I mean, so what do you like better, commentating or fighting? Oh, 100, I hate fighting, man. Fighting <laughs> sucks. I mean, I verbally assault somebody to the point where they want to kill me by the time they get in the cage anyways, you know? And technically, a lot of these guys before now were better than me. And now, technically, no one's better than me. And, um, you know, so there's no way I can lose now. I mean, before I would lose some technique or other things. Now I understand the sport. So if I lose now, it's my fault, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, color commentating is fun, man. You sit back, you laugh, you're dealing with the fans. I, I mean, I love the fans. I like, I like the fight and the energy, so... Um, I enjoy doing that a lot more than um, getting in that cage. What, 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 I like it pays better. Uh, one of the funniest things I've ever heard was when uh, was when War Machine was dating Christy Mack before that whole incident, and and it's a Bellator card, and they show Christy Mack on the screen, and you go, "I've never seen that woman in my entire life." Like, <laughs> I was like, "This guy is so ridiculous." <laughs> Uh, come on. You know, I mean, I have a hard, that's a problem. I say, uh, I say whatever comes to my mind. That's why Spike and Vicom, they're like, they itch, they're itching me, you know, they're, they're teaching me. I get the backstage stuff this year. And then if I, if everything goes okay, then I get to go live, I guess. <laughs> gotcha. That makes sense. Now, how do you think, now you're saying that no one could beat you now tech, technical wise. How do you think you'll do now? You would do in the U.S. Cause right now you're ranked, you're ranked first in Bellator according to the, the rankings, uh, you're ranked sixth in the world, but how do you think uh, at 135 that you would do against TJ Dillashaw and the other guys at 135? Well, yeah, those guys are my friends, man. I mean, I, I love those. I'm like an honorary alpha male guy, you know what I mean? So so it's really kind of cool that I'm part of Bellator. Actually, the reason I went to Bellator is his favor. He kind of talked me into it. Um, you know, is money and opportunity to grow. So I, I've known those guys forever, and I'm happy I don't get to fight them. But if I fought them, I'd beat them all, and they know it. You know, um, they've taught me what they know. And the bottom line is their technique isn't good enough to be able to stop me in a cage, and they know that. You know, it's um, and we have that respect for each other. You know, none of us want to fight each other. We all want to help each other get better. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to get that job done every time. You know, it doesn't matter if it's in Bellator or UFC or on a wrestling mat, you know, it's all very similar. So, you know, I, I don't believe I can be beat, period. Not anymore. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's kind of nice that I'll never fight those guys. But um, that's what's cool about fighting. You know, you get to have those crazy matchups. So I don't know if we'll ever have those matchups. That's really cool of you to establish that, you know, that ground for if you ever have to fight them. You'd be like, you know what? I'm going in here to win, and I hope you go in there to win too. And well, it, yeah, you know, you know that's, I'm, a, I'm a competitor. You know, I'm not going to lose. Doesn't matter who. No, no, you're not um, just a competitor. You're a professional competitor. That's what makes you like top notch, number one. Having that kind of mindset. Well, that's what I said earlier. You know, some guys can win, or some guys are. You know, you see some practice fighters are nasty. You know. Yeah. I can't. I, I practice with a lot of these guys. I'm like, gosh, no one will ever touch this person. And I go watch them compete, and they get killed. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's each his own. That's why you shouldn't bet on this sport. <laughs> who who, are, who are some of those guys, Joe? What'd you say? Who are some of those guys in practice that you're just like, man, and then they go out there? Oh, yeah, like, like I mean, Dustin, Dustin uh, Akbari, he's, um, he's Uriah Faber's jiu-jitsu coach. You know, he's, he's like a ninja, okay? Like, he, he should not kill people every single time. Elvin Robinson, those guys, you know, like the guys that you go and practice with, they're so technically sound, but... 
you know, they, they just have a hard time competing, you know, and it's, it's each his own. All, we all have different problems, you know, but, um, you know, that's why you see a lot of these young wrestlers come into fighting that didn't get the job done in the wrestling game, and they think they can get it done in the fighting, and it still ends up coming out very similar. Yep. Now, uh, well, though, I mean, there are guys like Rashad Evans, though, who was like a 500 wrestler in college, and all of a sudden something happened. You know, Anthony Johnson now, I mean, good wrestler in college, not the greatest wrestler, and look at him now. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. But they know how to compete, you know, like uh, um, Rashad and me wrestled in college together. He wrestled at Michigan State, I wrestled at Michigan. So, um, you know, I knew Rashad real well, and he was out of weird weight classes and still trying to, you know, as a young man, you know, 24 as a boy, as a man, a boy, I mean, that's still a boy, you know, the way that we grew up these days, you know, I'm um, <laughs> not growing up fast anymore, you know, you get taken care of for a long time. So, boy, you, men, they don't even start growing up to like 30. And then, um, you know, some of them learn how to compete then, you know, and I think Rashad learned how to win, you know, and learned, you know, the technique of uh, he, his wrestling brought him to the level of MMA and he figured out how to, you know, his striking was really good, and he knew how to win. He still pulls wins out, you know? Yeah. But no, some of your fights, though, uh, like I remember watching your earlier fights. They were probably the most insane fights I've ever seen. Your fight with, <laughs> your fight with Joe Soto, that first oh, round, yeah. you used no – I mean, I never saw a guy whose strategy was to break the other guy's hand with his head. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the strategy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe Soto, one of the better fighters I've fought ever, too. You know, he's yeah. great. You know, um, I think uh, the problem with that was he had a great game plan. Well, probably one of the better game plans they've had against me. You know, he was a good enough wrestler to understand how to defend some stuff, but – he kept distance. I mean, a lot of the other people, they try to go to the ground with me, you know, and think they can hit jujitsu. But, you know, I, I had my anti jujitsu at the highest levels, you know. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, I don't, I'm not worried about that anymore, you know. So you can't beat me there. It's you know, so okay, hard. He could, he could beat me. He knew if he kept me in front of him. So he kept hitting me with that uppercut hook straight. Oh. And it kept landing, kept landing. And I kept going, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, is this really happening? So I tried to, like, move my head and hit me again. And it run away. So he did a really good job of actually, you know, not staying close enough where I could grab him. He'd hit me and he'd run. He'd hit me and he'd run. He, would get, he was landing him. You know, it was, uh, it was causing some damage, you know. And oh, my God. Much I, but- there was not much I could do. I just remember... The only thing I remember about that fight really was uh, I remember uh, I was in the cage and Joe Soto starts coming up and he's walking out with his crew. And I was like, Joe, I was in the cage. I was like, Joe, hey, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. <laughs> I was like screaming at him while I was in the cage and he's walking out. He got so upset that he like ran all the way around this cage and ran in and he was just screaming, I'm going to kick your ass now, Warren. You got nowhere to go. And I remember going over to Georgian and, uh, and Mark Montoya, my coach, I was like, shit, maybe I shouldn't have pissed these guys off so bad. You know, like, he was <laughs> so, so mad. Funny. And then I just got the shit beat out of me. And I sat down and Jorgensen's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I think I'm good now. Like, um, I'm back. You know, I refocused. I'm like, I'm good. He's like, well, he's beating the fuck out of you. He's like, he's taunting you. He's like, throw an overhand right. You know, what are you doing? So I just threw that right as hard as I could. It landed and it was over there. Uh, was, that uh, was like, <laughs> That was probably I, I think that was one of the best comebacks I've seen ever, honestly. Uh yeah, man, I've I took a that year was bad. That was my first year fighting, you know, so um I was fighting a lot of these they're stri- you know, they're striking experts, you know, and kicking experts. So I was taking a lot because I didn't know it was coming, you understand? Like 
I remember getting kicked in the head by Kid Yamamoto, and I turned around and looked at, at He Sins, and I thought someone would do something from behind me and hit me in the head. <laughs> and I didn't even know you could get kicked there. You know, like, I was like, <laughs> you know, like, it wasn't fun. Like, I was getting 10-8 rounds, like, fight after fight in first rounds, I was getting beat 10-8. Now, now your fight... Well, Pitbull beat me 10-8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but your your fight with um Alexis Villa that must was that was no that was tough because that was tough to watch. That no, was... that that was the worst fight for me because I felt like I was actually getting into MMA at that point, mm. and uh, I one punch and I get knocked out. It, it humbled me, so it was good. I mean, I, I learned that it, it's possible. I didn't think I could get knocked out. I thought, you know, I could get hit by a truck and still be coming after you. You know, but that that kind of showed me. You know, the sport taught me like the sport is tougher than tougher than what I think it is, you know, that if you uh, you have to respect these people's hands, you know, if you don't respect their hands, you're in big trouble. So, you know, uh, Lexi, I just didn't like losing to a wrestler. That was my only problem. And then the next fight against Pat Curran, that was the worst stoppage, one of the worst stoppages I've ever seen. And that's just, I mean, I mean, I know you're tough, but Jesus Christ, that ref, that ref should be. Who was the ref? I'm not even sure. I just remember that fight. I um, remember at that point, um, I've never fought at 145 ever, and I had the belt at 145. I just was fighting there because there was no, there wasn't a 135 yet. Remember, it wasn't right. in the UFC and it wasn't in Bellator. So um, these guys were weighing in. I was weighing in at 142, and they were weighing in monster like Kern and Strauss. They're monsters and Bibble. So by the time like uh, I mean, it just the weight just started wearing on me. You know, yeah. it'd be, you know, the, I'd take a guy down nine times, he'd still bounce up and still kick me in the face, you know, like, so I, my wife after that fight was like, listen, it's time to go back down to 35. But that ref being said, you know, I, I will give him a little credit because I told him before the fight that even if I'm knocked out, you know, slap me in the face and give me a second to wake up and then continue <laughs> the fight. I said, because there's no way I'm going, I'm losing this fight. I kept telling him, I'm like, wow. so if this guy hits me hard, something happens, give me a second. And I kept telling him that, you know, so, uh, he did that, but he, it went to a little, you know, it was bad. That fight, I, I, uh, he, you know, he's a monster and, and I got hit hard and I lost like all, um, function of my body. So I couldn't move my arms or legs, but I wouldn't fall down. You know, I don't know why. Like I kept thinking like, you know, so I was like out cold, but I wasn't out. My eyes were open. I remember an Alexi fight that I shut my eyes and I went to, I woke up in the locker room. So I told myself I would never shut my eyes again. You know what I'm saying? Right. So when I was getting hit hard, I was just focusing, keeping my eyes open. So my body went numb, but I couldn't, I couldn't really fall, so I was up against that cage, and I was just taking the punishment. Now, after that fight, are people saying to you, Joe, listen, you're a world champion wrestler. We love you. You're a smart guy. You're a college-educated guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they saying maybe this MMA thing is a little fucking, you know, crazy? Well, no, that's what I was saying. You know, I was like, <laughs> hey, guys, um, what the fuck here? You know, like, um, what's going on? You know, I'm not, I don't do things I lose, and, and my coach is like, you're doing great. It's just weird shit happened, like, it was first punch of the fight against Alexi. Mm. So, you know, it could happen to every, anyone. It did happen to me. And then um, 45 was getting too big. The guys were getting too big. So we already were having the discussions of moving down after I won. But um, it just happened back to back. You know, it just sucks, you know. It just shows what kind of champions, what champions are. You know, you deal with adversity well, you know. I mean, I understand shit went down, you know. But that's what I did for a job. You know, this is my job. It's not anything else for me you know I, I love the sport now 
in the last year because technically I'm sound, but I didn't before. You know, it's it's been strictly a job for me. You know, I'm I'm going to work every day and coming home and taking care of my family and getting in that cage to make money. You know, mm-hmm. so I haven't had that. You know feeling like I liked it and I was at 45 and they were getting too big so 35 came around and and um you know it just refocused me and I pushed again that's the weight class I won in wrestling and that's I believe I'm strong at that weight class and that was only my second year getting knocked around like that second or third year so I um just picked up all the crap and kept pushing well since then you won five fights in a row you 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 uh you got the belt you're on top of the world. I mean, you come all you come a long way, and uh, I mean, you should be really proud of yourself because a lot of guys, you know, you see guys take two losses and they never respond. You know, that it's over. Whereas you, you fucking regrouped, got back on the the horse, and you're killing it now. So, congratulations. Yeah, well, that's what happens. I learned the, the sport. I mean, I'm more violent now than I've ever been. That's what people don't understand. You know, just it's my fifth year. I now muscle memories there. You understand? Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about things. I'm being creative now, and I wasn't creative before. And I was scared. You know, wrestling. I'm creative. I understand it so much. That's why I can't. I'm so good at wrestling. And now I'm creative in in my striking and my kicking and things that I couldn't do before. So like, I'm actually excited to fight now, and I've never been. So I'm pretty excited about this year. You know, I'll fight Dante. I'll fight um, Galvo, and then probably fight Dante again. He's gonna fight. Um, He's going to fight Richmond, so they're probably going to put one of those cats against me next. So now uh, I got I got I got to ask now in uh, 2000 you were I think you were 2000 you were supposed to you were projected to make the Olympic team and then you got caught with marijuana or something. What happened there? Yeah, yeah, no, that was that wasn't 2000. Yeah, that was 2000. I made the Olympic team. I was a world champ, Pan American Games, World Cup. I won everything for three years, and. Um, I filled a drug test for THC, um, making an Olympic team, so made it. But, you know, they changed the levels and the anagrams overnight, and I was um, under the one we were usually at, but, you know, I had it in my system. And so, you know, WADA, WADA okayed me to wrestle in Olympics, and USADA wouldn't let me. Yeah. So it was kind of, um, it was it was a rough time for us, you know, because that was, um, I was going to win that Olympics. I had everything set up. That's why I went and did everything. So it just kind of won the world's a tougher tournament, but you know, that was, um, a few months down the line, I was going to be finish off everything. So it was hard for us. So for me to be able to, you know, I had to, I wasn't going to be fighting. I was going to take a job and start working, but you know, and that just kind of rolled into it. So it was a whole new sport after wrestling MMA. So it took a, it took a lot of stuff, so it's just uh, it's good support at cash. You have wife and kids, and I mean, how pissed? I mean, how things. how upset were people? Because I know I know to make it that level, yeah, people were upset. But you know, it's something that you know I was um, I have a medical card, and it's something that I've used for years for you know for me, and I I'm not a, I can't take pills, so it's just um, I don't feel bad about it. I'm not you know I'm not a criminal. You know, I'm a family man. I take care of my family, and I do the right things. You know, I I think I'm morally correct, but. You know, I'm not, you know, it happened and there's nothing I could do. You know, I didn't fight it. I didn't yell at him. I was, it was just something they changed their levels and anagrams overnight. Oh. And um, I almost so. think they did it to get me, you know what I mean? And <laughs> but they got me. I'm mean, uh, so stupid. So, it's not like, I, 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 how, how is marijuana going to help a Greco-Roman wrestler? Well, that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> but, you know, they don't, they don't care about that. You know, they're, they're, their whole... Um, you know, function is to try to catch our own athletes, which yeah. I can't understand. You know, we spend, 
you know, the world spends like a million dollars a year uh, on drug testing, like the whole world, okay? And like the U.S. spends like $10 million on our own athletes. So I just don't understand why we're worried about when the United athletes. States, the, When the United States, like they're more like the, the pride and the morality of the country. Like that's what they need is to believe in their athletes. Oh, they want to like, catch like, athletes. They oh, I know, but like that, they down. need to focus yeah. on like, they need to start focusing the on the drama. Fact, yeah. Like, but like every other country values their champions, like fucking celebrities. Okay. Well, that's you, what I'm talking about with an Olympic level. I, yeah. I, was, uh, I, I applied for the Olympic head coach last year. See, like if you were, if you were, if you were in, um, say Moldova, you know, and you're uh-huh. a fucking Olympic champ or a world, not even Olympic champ. You're a world champion and you're putting in all this hard work to represent your country. You would be set up with a house. Your whole family would have a car. You well, would- in Russia, if you win the world Olympics or world championships, they give you a million dollars cash. Yep. Okay. Wow. Yeah. No. They, they, like, and then they try to put you into the parliament, meaning their government. So and they'll they set you up to, like, to be successful. You, the, you know, the mayor of their hometown or some shit. Yep. Or you become the mafia. Exactly, about, like whatever you're getting taken care of, put mm-hmm, it that way. Exactly, you know, and and uh, it's crazy. Like Russia, they had a bad year in wrestling, and you know, so they throw millions of dollars at the wrestling and they come back and they win it. You know, yeah. we have a problem with wrestling, and they almost try to cut our program. You know, it's just yeah, it's just it's a different thing to different countries. You know, it's it's just different. You know, do you think maybe John Jones should get a medicinal cocaine card or no? <laughs> yeah, you know, I I don't know, man. That's that's rough. You know, I mean. <laughs> That that could have been a anything that could have happened. I feel bad for the kid. Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, uh, Joe Warren, you are you're you're a national treasure, man. You're a you're a badass fighter. I'm really happy for you, man. Happy for your success. You're an inspiring guy, and it's an honor to have you on the show, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I, I know you guys are a focused UFC one, but you know, us Bellator guys, we'll rock I'm going to the, the Bellator show. You need us. Uh, no, we, we we focus on fighting. We have we've we've had World Series of fighting guys. We've uh-huh. had Titan guys. We've had Bellator guys. Uh, yeah, no problem. You know, we have, we, well, we're the cool Invicta. organization. We're the cool kids fight. I like to say it. Cool. <laughs> now, now, are you going to be? A, a, it's fun fighting for Bellator. You know, and Spike and Bicom. Lots of money and lots of ideas and new things always happening. So it's it's fun for me fighting over there. Are you going to be there this Saturday in uh, Temecula? Oh, yep. I'll be there Thursday and Friday, and um, then we'll be out in L.A. again. I'll be there, the too. Commercials. All right. Well, maybe run into me. I'll yeah. we'll do some interviews. Wait, Sweet. wait. When are you going to be in L.A.? Um, I'm in L.A. the next week, uh, 22nd, 23rd. Um, now, David Buster's commercial, and then the... Um, you know, but the people that train me, Phase Four Athletics. Now, I I, I coach a, a middle school wrestling team for at a charter school out here. Will you come and and and, and run Where a, a pra- in uh, in uh, Brentwood, Long in uh, in uh, Brentwood, California? Is that close to uh, you know Santa Monica? Or oh, it's about minutes? it's about ten minutes. All right, yeah. I mean, I I'm there on the twenty second. I'm busy all day. Twenty third, I could maybe swing by. Twenty third, we're gonna have a special Joe Warren to the coach our practice. It's, 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 I don't know if I'm coaching your practice, but I'll come say what's up to the kids. All right, you can. You can. <laughs> I might have a bunch of people. I got uh, I got a bunch of people with me that day. Spike's going to be filming us, and I got Chandler, and we got a bunch of training to do. Uh, I saw Chandler Probably last week. Ch- Chandler Chandler came to my stand up comedy show three days ago. Oh, uh, did he? Awesome. Yeah, he's a, he's good, a good guy too, man. He's a great guy. But yeah, I would definitely. I'd be happy to come in and say hi to the kids and do what I could. You know, uh, so why don't you contact me back and we'll see if we can do that? Absolutely. Now, where can people find you on Twitter? Um, at Joe Warren MMA, 
Um, I post a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't respond, though, so I'm sorry. No, no worries. I totally understand. Well, that... I at least let you guys know what we're doing. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Joe. Well... Thanks, Joe. It was a pleasure. Thanks, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Take Keep care. it up. appreciate the, the, the call. It was fun. Anytime. All right, bye. Bye. That was Joe Warren. I like that guy. What a stand-up guy. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. He's got a medical merit. And does he live in Idaho? They have, you could have a, a weed card in Idaho? I don't even know. Is it, I think Maybe lives, they got some good weed I think out he lives there. somewhere around there. I know he lives like Nebraska. He, he trains with that Scott Jorgensen, Omaha, that whole, that whole you mm. know, Midwest. Uh, yeah, I like Joe Warren. You, you got to root for a guy like Dude, that. Dude, he's fucking cool as shit. Who, I, I never take a, a fight with Kid Yamamoto after training two weeks because he wants $30,000. Like, you get $30,000 for showing up. Okay, I'm there. What else do we do? Fight. By, cool. By the way, looking at your face, uh-huh. Marina, when you hear these people's stories, it makes my whole day. Honestly, Why? Because because either you're shaking your head or you just look shocked. It's like a look. It's like you're you're listening to these stories. Yeah, like, no. I love like hearing like crazy, sh- crazy shit like that. You know, just just it's refreshing. Yeah, it's like uh, it's, it's like it, it reminds me that like it's not just all about drama and bullshit. Like a lot of these fighters are still having fun and enjoying their careers, and they're not like you know they're they're still working really hard, but they're enjoying themselves. Like that's very refreshing because like a lot of fighters I know are just constantly miserable and like I think it's an LA thing every fighter is it every, LA oh my god I'm fucking jaded just this bullshit I just think I, I don't know the fighters that like work out like like Alliance the San Diego guys they look, they're away from the drama yeah like uh, I've been training a little bit at Millennia out in Rancho and like they're just so relaxed over there and just they're just in, you know legitimately I, enjoying what they're doing and yeah, I, I, I personally, if I was fighting, I would probably pick a camp. I think like an ATT or a Black Zillion or even an AKA San Jose. Just get out of L. Just be where there's like nothing. A one. So I want to go back to New York. Flo- Florida, you're not too far from Miami, though. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go back to New York and train? Well, no. I want to go back to my team and like my old team and like just. Now, what, what team was that? It's up in Albany. It's uh, Bruno Tostes. Did you ever go to the Bomb Squad? No. Have you heard about it? No. Oh, it's in Ithaca. That's with John Jones' first team. No, I've never been to uh, the, bomb the Bomb Squad. squad. I'm like, kind of far from Ithaca. Well, listen, that was our podcast for today. Uh, thank you, Joe Warren. You are you are uh, a hilarious and yeah, man. Uh, fucking crazy dude. Keep being the family man you are. Uh, we have one more podcast this week. We got Alzheimer Sterling. And uh, thanks for listening to MMA Roasted. Thank you, Fox Sports. Thank you, DJ Shrope. Marina, where can people find you? Marina Shapir everywhere. Marina Shafir, just Marina Shafir. Yeah, everywhere. Okay, and uh, <laughs> you can follow me, Adam Comedian, on Twitter or MMA Roasted or Adam Comedian on Instagram, adamhunter.com. I will be in San Diego at the Madhouse Comedy Club this week. The Whale's Vagina. The the Whale's Vagina. What, what What's that? Why, Anchorman? It, oh, oh, okay. I was like, uh, yeah, forever forgot. Right, The Whale's Vagina. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, enjoy your week. Thanks again, Joe Warren. Take care.